A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There has been a process of radicalization that's happened in this country with media bashing that is absolutely unprecedented. Uh, it is absolutely true that lots of journalists are based in New York and Washington. They're based in big cities. They have liberal leanings. And ma mainstream newsrooms are, are built to make sure that that bias doesn't seep into the news coverage. And yet sometimes it does. If we only had an honest press in this country, it would be much more advanced. Joe Biden is his own man. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats for many decades, and there, there are no shadowy figures. Damn right. Joe Biden's his own man. You got that? Stop questioning. CNN knows. Danny Dale knows. We're going to jump right into that. This is my new favorite guy. If you don't know Daniel Dale or Danny Dale, then you should get to know him because he is... I've got three guys who I feel should be hanging out together and going to the same wine bars, and they probably do. Chris Hayes on MSNBC, Brian Stelter, and now Daniel Dale. Danny Dale. Let me see if I can. Is it good by Danny or Daniel? He is my new guy. He is the official CNN fact checker. Daniel Dale. Is it Daniel Dale? Danny, just. It's Daniel Dale. <laughs> oh, here's one of his recent tweets. Here's a transcript. Okay, Tom. Here's a transcript of Trump likening police officers who shot civilians in the back to golfers who miss clutch putts, and Fox's Laura Ingram trying to interject to save him from himself. And he's got the thing, the uh, transcript. That's the scene in fact checker, checker Daniel Dale. By the way, I have no problem with the with the golf choking metaphor. And Trump actually today said it all again. Um, we're all safe, and we're safe because of law enforcement. And uh, we honor you. And uh, I will say this: we have to condemn the dangerous anti-police rhetoric. It's getting more and more. It's very unfair. Uh, you have some bad apples. We all know that, and those will be taken care of through the system. And nobody's going to be easy on them either. And you have people that choke. They're under tremendous. I said it yesterday. I said it last night. They're under tremendous pressure. 
And they may be there for 15 years and have a spotless record, and all of a sudden they're faced with a decision. They have a quarter of a second, quarter of a second to make a decision. And if they make a wrong decision one way or the other, they're either dead or they're in big trouble. And people have to understand that. They choke sometimes. And it's a very tough situation, right? It's a very tough. Then people call them bad and horrible, and they made a bad decision. But if you think of it, when they have, and I know you practice this all the time, where you give people uh, literally a quarter of a second to make a decision. And a lot of them can't make that right decision. It's a very tough thing to do. So that's Donald Trump in Kenosha today, where he is making people absolutely insane because it's been a very good trip. It was exactly what he should be doing. Exactly. It's proper use of the office of the office. It's the optics are fantastic. He is um, he's doing using the, the standard playbook and it's great politicking to be frank, and it's just well done. He's being very well received there, and it's driving people nuts. And so the media is very angry. Uh, getting back to saying that, that choked metaphor, I've got no problem with that. You understand what he's saying. You know, it gets in your head. In that, in that moment, you go blank. You don't, have, you don't have the capacity to handle situations. And I think we've all been in situations like that. Not, I'm not talking about wrestling with a guy and deciding not to shoot him or something. But it, it, Trump made it relatable by saying it's about golf. It, in that moment when you have to, when you need uh, a, a calm, reasoned uh, reaction to something or a calm, calm, reasoned execution of something, sometimes it doesn't come to you and you choke. People know this, this saying. He, Trump used it a couple of years ago about something else too. I'm not sure what it was. But I've got nothing. But of course, it's, oh my God, he likened the death of a man or the shooting of a man to choking. How dare he? To golf. To golf. Because everything Trump says has to be run through this processing machine of uh, to extract anything offensive and abhorrent about it because we just want to, you know, confirm our biases even more because... We know that he's a monster, so he probably meant this. Construe this as much as you can to show, to to reinforce the idea that he's a monster. And that's why, because the monster stole the election, being hanging out with the Russians because Putin's another monster, and he and Trump are fellow monsters. It wasn't just that Hillary was a terrible candidate and she was a lazy candidate and she turned people off and she disparaged half the country. No, 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 no. It couldn't have been that I good liberal with my Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter and hate has no home here sign. It couldn't have been that I can't get out of my echo chamber and maybe I should see what other Americans are, are thinking and feeling. It can't be me. It can't be. I'm such a really good person. It's got to be something more pernicious. Yes, the stupid racists in this country and the awful president, the mean monster who so easily and without a care compares golf to killing people, murdering black suspects in the streets. That's what it's got to be. God, it's got to be wonderful to be a liberal. Back to my friend Daniel Dale. So CNN has changed its operational model. I actually tweeted business model earlier today, but it's its operational model. And so this is how they've done. Usually they, there's a, they'll have a panel and 47 people in little boxes in the panel and a nominal Republican who has long since left uh, in orthodox Republican politics and hates Trump. And then there'll be 18 Democrats and socialists and Marxists to fill out the panel. 
And they all beat the hell out of Trump, saying we can't normalize this. He's a terrible person. Yada yada yada. It's a normal normal stuff you're you're used to. But now they've they've added something for this year, especially for the stretch run of the presidential election. Now what they do is they will bring in, and this is a good. This is like it's actually fairly clever. I've seen him. So they're ha- they'll have their ostensibly um, non biased anchor bring in. Daniel Dale, they'll play a piece of, usually a piece of audio or video of Donald Trump. And then they'll have their anchor bring in Daniel Dale to fact track, check. The anchor will do his absolute best, um, his absolute best attempt to, to seem, uh, you know, nonplussed, to seem very stoic and non-biased whatsoever, unbiased uh, to the hilt, even though he's obviously biased, it'll be Anderson Cooper or Jim Shudem. And then he'll just, out of curiosity and due diligence for the viewer, he'll call in Daniel Dale and say, well, Daniel, can you just take a look at this for me? And what do you make of it? Just very analytically. And then Dale will come on and he, he's got the, he sounds very zillennially and he like a little wafy. And he says, well, we've heard a litany of, I, I, I don't like to say this, but just outright lies here. It's incredible what I've heard. And usually I'm just analytical, but I'm so animated because this is so extraordinary that I can't even contain myself and act professional. So I'm going to use hyperbole, and, but I'll try to I'll try to squeeze myself back into my my role of um, of you know straight down the middle uh, analytical uh, disseminator of the facts. And it's so contrived and it's crazy. And they do it. I've seen it twice now. I meant to get to the one last last week, uh, last Friday, because he it's where he wields off twenty one lies that Trump said during the DNC, uh, during the RNC, and the whole time Anderson Cooper is very mildly smirking. And at one point, the, Daniel Dale is is, is so long winded in this list of this litany of lies from Trump that uh, Anderson Cooper like, like takes a sip of coffee, you know, wink, wink. Well, this is taking forever. My goodness. So anyway, this is the new CNN business model. You've got an unbiased, but though biased, anchor. He very, very seriously handing off to a fact checker who, under the guise of fact checking, simply rebuts everything that Trump says on behalf of Joe Biden. So that's really what it is. He's not so much fact checking. He does a little bit in there, but really it's a rebuttal of what Trump says in a defense of Joe Biden. And so let's listen to, this is today, Jim Shudo, CNN anchor, who uh, formerly worked in the Obama administration, so you know he's right down the middle. Jim Shudo talking to Daniel. Well, he's going to take a piece of um, the, the audio from the president, and he's going to bring in expert uh, analyst Daniel Dale. The president is once again using disinformation in an attempt to discredit Joe Biden. Last night, he made several claims without evidence, including this one about who... Already, President disinformation without proof, several claims. Who is operating the Biden campaign? Who do you think is pulling Biden's strings? Uh, Is it former Obama People that you've never heard of, people that are in the dark shadows, people that... What does that mean? That sounds like conspiracy theory, dark shadows. No, people that you haven't heard of. They're, They're people that are on the streets. They're people that are controlling the streets. I mean, you got to shake your hand, head there, Daniel Dale. You're great at fact. My goodness, this is we can't normalize this. This is extraordinary that he would say this. Remember, this is the network that lived off 
the cultivated vapor that was the Russian conspiracy, complete with hookers in a hotel room and all the other stuff. You've got to shake your head there, Daniel. Let's hand it off to the very non-biased, right down the middle, Daniel Dale. Checking this, the president offered no evidence. Tell us your reaction to the dark shadow claims. It's, it's almost too stupid to fact check. I mean, when you have Fox's Laura Ingram telling mm-hmm. you it sounds like a conspiracy theory, it's probably a conspiracy theory. Joe Biden is his own man. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats for many decades. And so wait a second. What do you mean Joe Biden's his own man? How do you know? He's his own man? He's running his own campaign by very uh, traditional Democrats who we've known forever? Who are they? I know Chris Dodd's in there somewhere, but who else? Who's doing it? How many marketing firms and consultants are on Biden's campaign? How many different marketing firms and financiers and other people have Joe Biden's ears? You don't know what that he's, he's his own man. What, what bit of investigating? Did you make a phone call, Daniel Dale, just to say, by the way, Biden campaign, who's actually calling the shots? Who comes out with a campaign platform? Who's coming up with strategy? Who's coming? Who are they, who's writing all the speeches? Who's doing the? He's his own man. That's not fact checking. What is that? You can't just, you know, p- position something as that. Is Joe Biden being a completely independent thinker and autonomous machine? First of all, that would be odd if he was. No candidate is. But this is such a full taking the grenade for Biden. It's just wiping away hits at Biden for the sake of protecting Biden. It's craziness. This is the fact checker, though. Remember, you're supposed to think this is the fact checker. So, you know, it, it's kind of like almost a a, um, a way of hypnotic persuasion to you because, wait, well, hey, this is a fact checker. So, you know, this gets to bypass your normal filters of, you know, being dis- being discerning about what is truth. And this, is, this this need not be vetted. These are not the droids you're looking for. You just take, let this go right in and be truth. There, there are no shadowy figures, you know. How do you know there's no shadowy figures? In Washington, D.C., there's no shadowy figures around politics? Where else would a shadowy figure go to make a living? On the streets, wearing dark clothing, pulling Joe Biden's strings. This is another dishonest attempt by Trump to try to foment fear about a candidate who's been in the public eye. Is this fact-checking? Is this still fact-checking? He's trying to foment fear, just so you know that. And that's a fact. For many years. It follows a pattern, right, Uh, Amanda? Back to Jim Shudo, former Obama administration employee. Follows a pattern, doesn't it? As if we haven't rehearsed this before. Carpenter, who wrote a book on gaslighting, it talks about how it fits this kind of pattern of, I have this uh, secret uh, to, to reveal here. At some point in the future, I'm going to show you all the, all the evidence of it. Uh, that never comes, and yet, you know, he propagates this kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's a pattern, is it not, with the president? Just say pattern, by the way, Daniel. That's what this, the theme of this next uh, t- two minutes is, just pattern. It's, it's a long pattern. This president is a conspiracy theorist. You know, he, he essentially entered a Republican life promoting this racist conspiracy theory about Barack Obama's birthplace. By the way, how is that racist? You don't have to be a birther. and I'm, I'm disinterested in the subject. But how is that racist? And by the way, fact checker, why would you say it's racist? You're the you're the uh, no, you're the down the middle, non-biased 
Yeah, what's the other word I'm trying to think of? Uh, you know, you you shouldn't be editorializing. And also, fact checker, the only reason that theory, that racist uh, birther stuff ever got started is because Sidney Blumenthal, who worked with, alongside uh, Jim Shuto in the White House, um, no, sorry, Sidney Blumenthal, who worked for Hillary Clinton, who worked with Jim Shuto in the White House, shopped it all around Washington, D.C., Trump just last minute jumped on the same way in, like in 2010, the 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 Miss Universe pageant girls w- was disqualified for ha- having done like nude photos or something, and Trump Trump jumped in right there to be in that story. It's like Gloria Allred jumps in and stuff. I mean, he's a publicity guy, he's a promoter. He always does this crap. He's promoting. By the way, he, Trump also that Trump appearance forced Obama to show his birth certificate. Conspiracy theories about windmills supposedly causing cancer. He's repeatedly. There's a, a bunch of um, stories out there about windmills causing uh, all sorts of ailments. I've seen both cancer and not cancer. Who cares? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's good for you. Maybe it's bad for you. You ask the environmental people who hate windmills about windmills, they're going to tell you it causes all sorts of stuff. Maybe. Trump is just flim-flamming. Lee uttered conspiracy theories about millions of people voting illegally in California. He had a conspiracy theory about Ted Cruz's... I thought that voter fraud was something that the Republicans do every year. I'm told they do it every year. They stole elections everywhere. That's why Stacey Abrams or whatever is the real governor of Georgia, because Republicans are stealing. There's voter fraud everywhere. Is it Stacey Abrams? Father being involved yeah. in an assassination... That was actually the Inquirer who did the Ted Cruz father thing. Trump was happy to throw it out there. I'm not saying that's normal or ethical, but hey. So he just he just does this, and he's doing it again. Yeah, I mean, and you, as you remind people, there's some they might have forgotten, some that he's used against Republicans, too. Uh, the other way, and this is arguably even... This is all part of the new attempt, and in, uh, MSNBC has started doing this now. Maybe they've seen some ratings from this. They're publishing the top 25 lies from Trump's this speech or that speech or this speech or that speech. Once again, just rebutting Trump on behalf of Joe Biden. But they'll be doing this right through to the election. And more dangerous, right, because he and his allies will will use deceptive or or even doctored video, uh, which uh, serves. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. They're using doctored video in memes on social media. Can you imagine that on social media? And CNN is so, they're so upset by it. A couple of years ago when the, some kid published this fake meme of a guy with a CNN head, you know, getting beat on in a wrestling ring, CNN went out and doxed the kid. They went out and threatened him. They don't find this stuff funny. This is the Twitter world. Half of the stuff is fake stuff all over the place. Half of the stuff is taken out of context and made to, it's supposed to be made to look like somebody look like an idiot. How many flattering Donald Trump golfing pictures do you usually see? This is such as Twitter have labeled as such. Are you seeing more of this? Let me guess. Uh, no, he's not. No uptick? Yeah, they've been doing this throughout the campaign, but oh. we had four of them in a very short span, like two days on Sunday and Monday. We had the Trump campaign's so-called War Room account tweet a grossly misleading video in which they tried to make Joe Biden seem confused, saying, uh, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. In- well, Joe Biden said those words. I am told that context doesn't matter. It's the order of words. Very fine people on both sides. That's what I'm told. I'm told it's the order of words and little bits of words can be extracted. Very fine people on both sides. In fact, he was saying that while Trump and Pence argue, quote, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. This is just rebutting. 
This is just filling it. Now they're filling out the whole quote for you. That's ridiculous because Biden said the violence we're seeing right now is taking place in Trump's America. We had uh, a White House aide, Dan Scavino, uh, tweet a video in which they replaced uh, the legendary entertainer Harry Belafonte uh, falling asleep in a 2011 interview with Joe Biden, wrongly making it seem as if Biden fell asleep. By the way, I have a two-year-old son who could recognize that as fake. I saw it yesterday, too, and it's obviously fake. The thing, the thing that's so generic. It was funny, of course. And the point is, is that the, the that CNN doesn't want to see that because it makes Biden look sleepy. And that's their guy, and they know that's effective. So they're going and rooting it out. No fun can be had on the right with social media. No, 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 no. On the left, absolutely. That's absolutely fine. Remember, this is the network that... Uh, that um, was happy to propagate the uh, the Russian the dossier was happy to bring that uh, all to with, without proof by the way all the seediness in there. So let me see. By the way, the, the fact checkers. I don't know if Daniel Dale got around to uh, anything uh, Biden's speech from yesterday. I wonder if they got around to Biden's speech with a clean energy strategy that is a place for the energy workers right here in Western Pennsylvania. I am not banning fracking. Let me say that again. I am not banning fracking, no matter how many times Donald Trump lies about me. Daniel, anything, Daniel? I think we've got a record of him saying something quite different. No more, no new fracking. We, we are, we are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Like what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. pipe? Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Number one. Three consecutive American presidents have enjoyed stints of explosive economic growth due to a boom in oil and natural gas production. As president, would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth, even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. No more. No new fracking. Anything, Daniel Dale? Anything? Nothing? Okay. Trump, by the way, uh, took a parting shot, of course, at the media <laughs> um, while heading off to Kenosha. This is from Andrews Air Force Base. These are anarchists. These are agitators. They're rioters. They're looters. They're bad people. They're burning down Portland. And you take a look at that. You take a look at the scenes last night. And then the fake news media will say that they're friendly protesters. Because you people, I'll tell you, if we only had an honest press in this country, it would be much more advanced. But we have a very dishonest press. It's totally true. Advanced, then half the country would be able to get off their psychotropic drugs and, uh, you know, wouldn't need uh, the therapy that they need right now. And the, the media has raised the temperature around the country needless, needlessly, partly be out of an agenda and partly because they're also insane. So... That's where we are. Um, oh, before we... Oh, we're not getting off this yet. This is too good. Today, uh, Brian Stelter is selling a book about Trump being a bad, li lying president and bad and mean to the media. Uh, you've probably read uh, many other versions of this book. Uh, Jim uh, Acosta has written one. They've all written one. Uh, Olivia Nuzzi might have even written one. Um, 
uh, Katie Tur. It's all the same book. So anyway, this is um, Brian Stelter goes on CNN as goes on C-SPAN to uh, shilling his book, and C-SPAN takes callers, and the that's a problem. This is why talk radio is so tuned into people, and C-SPAN is not because with C-SPAN it's all going out. You know they're not listening to you. You can't you know interact with C-SPAN. I'm with the CNN. You know that's their broadcasting to you. That's just out. That they're not taking, they're not taking content in. But on C-SPAN, they take calls, and then real people who live in real America get on and they ask Brian Stelter questions. And you guys always talk about how many times Trump has lied. I've calculated that I think with your Chirons and with. You know, I don't know if there's any, and you, and you guys, and you, and you guys always talk about how many times Trump has lied. I've calculated that I think with your Chirons, with you know, I don't know if there's any journalists left at CNN, but I know that <laughs> you know if I were to estimate about 300 different you know distortions or misinformation that we get out of CNN, and you have to watch them in the airport, which is harsh. But if you added all that up to 46 months, it comes out to be 300,000-plus distortions of truth. So my thing is here is that you guys, this is how low you'll go, is that you went out and you made, you made lies and you, uh, you defamed a child. And then you had to settle it's Nick, out of court. Nick Sandman, you remember the kid who where the Indian got in his face and... Sandman stood there kind of smirking in CNN and the half of Twitter and many more news organizations said the kid was, um, the kid was, um, you know, harassing the, um, the Nick Sandman was harassing the Indian. Anyway, they totally screwed that up, but that was, that's what he's talking about. Or to pay this child for distorting information about this young individual. So I would say, you know, if anything that's happening at CNN and anybody who buys your book, it's really just one of those things that is dividing our nation. And I don't believe in dividing our nation. It hurts our great nation. And so CNN is really the enemy of the truth. And that's my opinion. Thank you. <laughs> Brian Stelter. I, I'm grateful for the call. And I know that you're not the old person that feels this way. There has been a process of radicalization that's happened in this country with media bashing. Wait, wait, wait a second. A process of radicalization that's happening in this country? Bashing the media? Oh, so it's not you? Americans have been radicalized into bashing the media. That's what's happening. You're obviously telling the truth, definitely. Remember, you told us how symmetrical symmetrical you were a couple of weeks ago, but the Fox News was asymmetrical. Imagine that, being that arrogant. They know that they're... T- telling the truth. I mean, they're all really good people. Of course, they're telling the truth. You, you've been radicalized, you idiot person who goes to Walmart and like Dunkin' Donuts instead of uh, Starbucks. You've been radicalized. That's the only way we can. That's why you're bashing the media. You don't understand. We're just trying to help you. We're better than you. We live in Brownstones and in, uh, in Soho, and we work in downtown New York City. We get to go to awesome parties. We get lanyards that let us get the backstage to every place we go. We're really important and good. You must be radicalized. Who would criticize us? We're awesome. That is absolutely unprecedented. You know, 20, 30 years ago, conservatives talked about media bias, and there were some really valid points to that critique. 
yeah, there was and is. I remember 30 years ago. I remember essentially it was uh, it was um, uh, Rush Limbaugh doing most of the heavy lifting himself. Hold on, I've got to text my brother. All right, I am back there. I'm sorry about that. I was I just got a text that seemed like it was from my brother, and it was, and he is coming up. So I know you won't really were wanting to know all that. But um, back to this uh, Stelter call. Stelter talks about a time back in the uh, 20 years ago with media, about media bias, and I was just starting to say that back then it was just Rush Limbaugh doing all the work exposing it. But he was absolutely right. 20 years ago, it, it was different. Remember, what we were dealing back then with the election bias of 2000, remember, um, what's his name, Peter, the guy who was from Canada, Peter, from ABC, the anchor, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, he said, like he said, like uh, Louisiana fell to the Republicans, and there was Brent Bozell was doing work back then too. There's there was plenty of of um, uh, fake stuff happening back then. It was all over the place, and but it, it was hard to know. I mean, now looking back, Walter Cronkite was not down the middle. But uh, let me t- let Stelter uh, finish up. Uh, it is absolutely true that lots of journalists are based in New York and Washington. They're based in big cities. They have liberal leanings. And ma- mainstream newsrooms are, are built to make sure that that bias doesn't seep into the news coverage. And yet sometimes it does. I, I absolutely acknowledge that. I think it's different to talk about. Uh, sometimes it does. I absolutely acknowledge. Does it seep in? Sometimes it does. If he thinks it does sometimes and he thinks that most of the time it's not, that means it is all the time things as if they're enemies. No American is an enemy of another American. No news outlet is an enemy of America. I guess um, I guess the term, I would I will agree with them on that. I think the term enemy is a little bit strong, but it certainly is a pernicious force that is harming the country. I guess not an enemy, but it's certainly a pernicious force that is harming the company, the country. So today, oh, I, by the way, I have a conundrum that I will tell you about soon, and it is, um, I it is something that I I think that um, guys would understand more than girls. I think, perhaps I'm wrong about that. I'll bring it up soon, though. So, so let's see. What does CBS want you to know about the trip to Kenosha? President Trump is not meeting with the family of Jacob Blake Jr. during his visit to Kenosha, Wisconsin today, a visit that is not welcomed by some. Well, thank you. Just so you know, that's what you need to know. Jacob Blake, he's not visiting him. Good, he shouldn't visit his him or his family. Do you know the story behind this guy? The victim, who is, this is Blake's... X or whatever, the victim. The victim, who was identified by her initials, uh, told police she was asleep in bed with one of her children when Blake came into the room around 6 a.m. and allegedly said, I want my stuff, S-H-I-T. She told cops Blake then used his his finger to assault her. And then he says, he, he does something disgusting. You can read it in the New York Post if you want to see it. And says, she, he insinuates that she's been with other men. This guy's a sick. He's a sick dude. Uh, the alleged victim said Blake uh, that she felt pain and humiliated after what he did to her. She was very humiliated and upset by this the sexual assault. She told police she was upset, but collected herself. Then, she then allegedly ran out the front door after Blake. Uh, then she realized her car was missing. Checked her purse and saw that her keys were missing, and immediately called nine one one. That's when Blake was in the car with 
her kids, maybe their kids. I don't know if he, she he has any right to see the kids. Um, the alleged victim told cops that she has known him for eight years and claims that he physically assaults her around twice a year when he drinks heavily, is the quote. Um, I don't know if the cops are right in shooting him in the back seven times. It seems pretty, pretty violent. At the same time, they can't let the guy get into the car. You can't let him grab a knife, one. Two, he can't get in the car with little kids in it because who the hell knows what he's going to do. He's obviously... A bad dude. So, yes, Trump isn't going to see the, the, the guy, okay? I think we'll get over that one. Not everybody who gets killed by cops is an angel. White or black, doesn't matter. So, um, let's see. Oh, there's a great... <laughs> by the way, this is on the media. Now that this is the, this is the theme of today, I guess. On the media... Joe Biden, uh, the Media Research Center, which is the the like newsbusters, it's essentially a conservative group that goes and they grab examples of liberal media bias. Um, maybe sometime, rarely, uh, I think there's maybe some conservative media media bias in there, but it's one of these. This one's it's essentially de- devoted to liberal media bias. Anyway, um, <laughs> they put together this montage. This is of the. Immediate moments after Trump's speech at the RNC, and they compare it to the immediate moments of Biden's after immediate moments after Biden's speech at the DNC, and it toggles back and forth without since you're listening, it toggles back and forth without warning. So um, you're just going to have to um, you'll hear it. You'll hear with well, the content you'll hear will tell you, you know, who they're talking about. But this is really well done. You can hear the fireworks right here. Possibly illegal in terms of the use of government property. And I have to say it's also one of the longest and lowest energy speeches that I have seen uh, the president <laughs> give. Joe Biden gave what I believe was the speech of his life. I might say uh, that this was his finest hour. And it took more than half an hour before the president addressed the pandemic. Uh, again, I just must mention on the National Mall and government property, a, a political display as part of a Republican convention. This was one of the strongest <laughs> speeches of Joe Biden's career. His whole goal is to just stop Joe Biden and own the libs. <laughs> he staged this large a gathering during a pandemic without masks, without social distancing, in a sacred place, really. Nothing like this has ever been done. It's of questionable legality. I think this is a highly successful convention, and it lays down a marker for Donald Trump next week. I don't know if they can match it. I've never seen him deliver a better speech. He's suggesting that if Biden is elected, this country will turn into a disaster, the economy will collapse, and everything we know about America will go away. Right. It's kind of preposterous, although I should note that the economy has collapsed. This was a moment uh, for Joe Biden, the most important speech of his political career, and he was powerful in doing it. One of the best, if not the best (laughs) performance I've ever seen. As I'm watching this, I'm thinking, you know, Fidel Castro, Julius Caesar, Mobutu Sese Seiko. Mm -hmm. That was not an American president giving an acceptance speech. That was a monarch. His superpower is who he is. He is the thing that Donald Trump pretended to be in 2016. He is a regular Joe, and that's what he needed to be tonight, and I think he did an excellent job. Jesus. Can you imagine that? Oh, man, that is tough. That is some tough stuff. That was Joy Reid, by the way, the Mangutu Mandaibuga, the, the person she described there. 
is um, that was Joy Reid. Joy Reid actually just said something very interesting. I think it was today or last night. And <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to say this. So you take a listen and you tell me if this sounds right. It's about Trump's Trump radicalizing his followers into turning them into radical terrorists on the streets of uh, Portland and all, you know, all these places where Trump is responsible for these, all the violence, according to the media. When leaders, um, let's say in the Muslim world, talk a lot of violent talk and encourage their supporters to be willing to commit violence, including on their own bodies, in order to win against whoever they decide is the enemy. We in the U.S. media describe that as they are radicalizing those people, particularly when they're radicalizing young people. That's how we talk about the way Muslims act. Jesus. Are you allowed to say that, that Muslims are radicals? I don't know, Joe. Tell me, You listen one more time. When leaders, um, let's say in the Muslim world, talk a lot of violent talk and encourage their supporters to be willing to commit violence, including on their own bodies, in order to win against whoever they decide is the enemy. We in the U.S. media describe that as they are radicalizing those people, particularly when they're radicalizing young people. That's how we talk about the way Muslims act. The way Muslims act. All those radicals. Anyway, I just wanted to point out, I don't know if it's the end of the world. I just thought it was interesting. One of Trump's radicalized people is uh, the shooter, Kyle. What's his name? Kyle Ridden, 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 Orville Reddenbacher, Kyle, 17-year-old. Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. And um, Trump does – Trump has not condemned him or condoned him, but it sounds like he's starting to fall towards Team Rittenhouse. You saw the same tape as I saw. And uh, he was trying to get away from them, I guess, it looks like. And he fell. And then they very violently attacked him. And it was something that we're looking at right now, and it's under investigation. But uh, I guess he was in very big trouble. He would have been, I, he probably would have been killed. But it's under, it's under investigation. So what I'm hearing about this is that the first guy you shot, and killed the guy who shot in the head was chasing him. That's some kind of dirtbag, but was chasing him. He's a white guy. I'm allowed to call him a dirtbag. And um, and then the next guy. Then you can see the video. And in the video, there's one guy who hits him with a skateboard, and and uh, Rittenhouse shoots him in the stomach, kills him. And then the next guy actually has a gun pointed at. I mean, what a gathering! Has a gun pointed at Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse uh, blows most of his arm off. In in those two last ones seem to be in self defense to me. Um, I mean, who knows? Would they have killed the guy? I, I don't know. I can tell you one thing: that Rittenhouse can use that gun. Holy Jesus! I mean, it's he's proficient with that thing apparently. But uh, the problem is this: seventeen year olds shouldn't be dispatched uh, or mobilizing into cities to, for law and order. I guess a business asks them to be in there to, to hang out and whatever. The fact that a business has to ask, you know, the football team to come with AR-15s to protect their businesses, that's the mayor's fault. And that's a, the fault of law enforcement. We have heard that the, that that night in most nights, they get so many 911 calls. Um, and that night they did that. They're just, swarmed and the cops there's not enough cops to get the job done 
and these rioters, these violent, radical leftist rioters, are torching businesses and destroying the city. Cities in Portland as well, all over the place. This is what's happening out there. We can't forget that, I mean, these dudes are, are serious. I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police in the f***ing grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the f***ing White House down. I want to take it to the senators. I want to take it to the Congress. That's in, White, that's in Black Lives Matter Plaza that was just, you know, con- renamed a couple of years ago. This is happening all over the place in the summer of love. You know, it was malfeasance and malpractice by these mayors and these municipal leaders for this to ever get this far, to ever get this far. So, I mean, it shouldn't be happening. And Trump has brought the feds in. So now he's gone to Kenosha and this is... He's done the right thing. They've asked for some help, and the feds are helping out now. He is in Kenosha. He's already scaring uh, and trolling the mainstream media. He sits sits down at this little um, U-shaped conference table in Kenosha, and and, uh, (laughs) this is what he says. It's a great honor. If you feel more comfortable, you'll say a couple of words. You might want to take the masks off. Otherwise, you can leave them on either way you want. (laughs) Look how fast you took that. And then he's talking about, he's talking about, I have no problem with him saying about that, about the masks. I just, I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear people talking about masks anymore. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Maybe there was social distance. Maybe he meant that when you ask a question, maybe he hates masks. He probably does. Um, do we know, do we know how effective these masks have been throughout, through the country? Do we know how many people they've protected or how many they have failed to protect? We don't know a GD thing, and I'm sick of pronouncements until we have. But at one point, uh, Trump muses about uh, you know doing the same thing with Portland. He looks over to Bob, uh, I'm sorry, William Barr, the, the Attorney General, is there and like uh, brings it up right in front of us. Portland probably would be so easy. It would, maybe that would be the first one because I see it every night. It's on the news. It's burning. And they're always playing games, and I don't know. Then he gets up and says, "We're trying to work together," and the whole thing is great. Then they want to burn down his house last night, the mayor. But we're ready, willing, and able to send in. You know, a massive group of people that are really highly trained. You saw that. They're here. Your experience, right? And we could solve that problem in less than an hour in Portland. So I hope they call. Eventually they'll call. And at some point, Bill, will just have to do it ourselves. We're going to have to do something that's uh, uh, that I think the people will be extremely happy with. Maybe the mayor won't and maybe the governor won't, but I don't know if they know what they're doing. I, I just so sad to watch it happen. But here you acted uh, and acted appropriately. Seeing Fox News piece of friend just sent me. Pelosi uses shuttered San Francisco hair salon for blowout. Owner calls it a slap in the face. Wow. There we go. So that was Donald Trump having fun um, in in Kenosha today. It was a good meeting there. He met some business owners. His businesses have been destroyed. He walked around the rubble with them. That's good for any president to do. I think President Obama would have done it. I think Trump should do it, and it was a good move today. It's going to drive the left crazy, which is why tonight they'll talk about something totally different. There's some author out with a new book on Russia, Russia Gate stuff, and maybe you might hear about that. 
or the media will bring in their fact checker, uh, my friend Daniel Dale, to to uh, rebut everything Donald Trump says and, and count the number of lies and this and that, yada, yada. It's a normal, it's the same old, same old. But um, I want to, oh, I got to let my son in. Wait, right there. Shut up, Pepper. Oh, very typical. Perfect snapshot of my life. Just a moment ago. The dogs start barking, so I know that my son's getting dropped off because he had a play date with his neighbor. My son's seven. So I uh, go downstairs to let him in because the house is all locked so our little guy can't sneak out. A two-year-old, because he likes to sneak out of the house and hang outside near the street and attract attention, and that brings stress and unwanted attention into our lives. So... And he could die. So, so um, I go down there, and I'm assuming that my son James is around somewhere, and I can't find him. But the dogs are going crazy, barking. Dave and they're just barking, rah, 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 rah. and so I assume James is somewhere around the house outside trying to get in. You know, the dogs are barking, 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 and so I call them very loudly. Shut up, you. And I believe I used the uh, MFers, I think is what I said, of course, to the dog, dogs. So looking around, I can't see James anywhere. And then I see just right outside of the kitchen is, um, I think it was my son's, my son, his friend, and his friend's dad. And so, uh, so there you go. Hopefully, if you're listening, son's friend's dad. I was yelling at the dogs. It probably wasn't a nice thing to call them. I didn't like the fact that they were barking loudly and uh, being idiots. Um, and I'd like to apologize for my language. All right, so let's move on to let's move on to my conundrum before I let you go. Get on with your life. By the way, here's another thing that happened to me today. It just keeps happening to me. I have before. There's something about me. Maybe it's about other dads. This is this happens to dads definitely more than it happens to moms. I have, um, like, when I when my daughter was just a little baby, I was in a store and I walked like ten feet from the maybe twenty feet from the the carriage that she was in, and to go look at something. And I had a when I got back there, there was this woman and said, "I can't believe it. It's always the fathers. It's always the fathers. Her mother would never leave her like that. Can't believe it." You leave a little girl like that alone. Shame on you. Somebody could take her right out of there. And I said, I was, I could see her. I was 15 feet away right over there. It's a shame on you. Her mother would never do If her mother knew that you left her. Like, Jesus, leave, shut up. Leave me alone. And then, um, and then another time, I had two kids with me in a store, a department store that had an escalator. And my one kid... No, the kids both were afraid to use the escalator down. So I said, okay, so this is what I'll do. I'll take you down, and then I'll take the one up. You stay here. You come up, and I'll take the other one. And this is in a little – this is a suburb of Boston, okay? And so I'm 
I take one down, and I see a woman watching me. She's with her husband. She's watching me. I take one down when one's waiting, and she said, oh, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna leave her down here. You're not gonna leave her down here." And I said, "I've got another one up there. I'm just letting her down here for a second. She, she said, "No, no, no. I'll stand here with her. I'll stand here with her." I put my daughter down there. The woman stands next to my daughter, and she's saying, "Like it's okay, honey. Daddy's gonna, he'll be right back." I said, "Jesus, just leave me alone." And then I go up and I get my other kid. And I go down the escalator, and she's saying, oh, that's a shame. I said, you leave me alone. Leave my kids alone. Don't bother me. The chances of anybody kidnapping that kid during that section, that those few seconds, is infinitesimal. It's almost impossible. It was not good. She said, you're, you're ignorant. You're ignorant. It could happen. It happens all over the time, all over the place. I said, no. It, that That's wrong. It's wrong that somebody's going to be in the Macy's on the lingerie department uh, area and who's going to say, you know what, I was just going to buy this uh, lingerie, but, you know, I think I'm going to take a kid instead, run out of here, drive somewhere with my new kid, um, to get my husband to jump in the car, go on the lam with the new kid and to completely change my life 180 degrees, you know, on an impulse uh, sh uh, kidnap. God, I hate this. I was told, I, and the second time I told my, my friend this, Michael Graham actually I told this too, and he said what you should have done is shouted to, to the woman to get away from your kid to stop touching your child and suggested that she was trying to do something, uh, was being inappropriate by being near my child and that, to call the police. And I thought, man, I wish I had thought of that. That would have been great. So today, today we let my daughter go on a play date. And... It's down the street. It's it's not a mile away, but it's maybe it's a half mile away. But this is a, as far as she has ever been able to go on her bike. And so my wife and I made the decision to trust her. So we trust her, but I don't really trust her because I'm my intention is to. Oh, okay. Don't nobody's an MF. That's fine that they're barking. I like the noise. I think it's great and doesn't create anxiety at all. Good dog. So anyway, um, she can get in. I think. I think. We're um, so, so we let my daughter. She goes, gets her on a bike. She's nine years old. I live in a leafy suburb. It's an old. It's got old farms and. It's a nice piece of, uh, it's a nice looking piece of America. There's not a lot of crime here. There's not a lot of people here. There's, everybody knows each other. It's, you know, it's fine. So, you know, she's not, you know, getting out. I'm not, she's not walking seven blocks through Compton. This is, this is um, up here in uh, the, near Newburyport, Massachusetts. It's nice, okay? It's not Richie nice. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's hardly anybody gets shot or stolen from here. Um, so, so I let her, um, so we let her, she goes, she gets her little bike, starts riding down the street and I jump in my car to, to kind of follow her. And I've done this before. Once she and her friend went to the store once <clears throat> and I followed them then now. So, and, uh, I just, I, you know, I worry about her. So I followed her and, and I like pulled next to an old tree and, and, um, and I can see her way into the distance, a quarter of a mile away, approaching the road where she should take a left down. And I'm watching her, and she doesn't take a left. She goes 
crosses the street and then she gets off her bike for a second and she's I can tell she's 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 not sure if she should take that left or not. She's confused. Then she turns around on her bike and starts heading back home. So I'm like, oh, she didn't know she doesn't know the directions. Um and so she's going home for to ask for help. So I drive the car and I'm glad I was like, this is good that I was out here spying on my daughter. Um so I go and drive the car and I go and pull over next to her and and say, hey, Sally, uh, how you doing? And she said, oh, yeah, I wasn't sure which left to take. Meanwhile, a car f- drives by me, beeps a couple times, and then up ahead of me, about 50 feet up, stops on the side of the road. And I thought, wait, is this somebody? And maybe it's my neighbor or whatever, seeing if we're all right and whatever. So... So I, uh, so I, she said, I wasn't sure to take that left or whatever. And I said, okay, yeah, you take that left. So I'll tell you what, I'll go down and take that left, and you can follow me from there, okay? So she says, okay, and she does, and I, and I take the left, and she follows me from there, and she's a little bit behind me. And as she is behind me, now I, I drive way up a couple hundred yards up. The car that had pulled over is now driving, and it dri- pulls up next to her as she's Oh, she's doing it. I'm like, these are the same people. These freaking people are the same people before. And so she and behind the car is the cops. I'm like, there's no way they call the cops. They they know there's no. So anyway, I stop at a stop sign. Those people then turn off and then leave. And I said, Sally, what did those people say to you? And she said, they said, do you know that man? And of course, she said yes. And I said, God. And I'm I'm sorry. I realize that there. It's like it's a good thing in a town to have this to have people looking out for each other. It, but God damn, I'm mad about that. Off. God, I hate it. Should I should I be mad? Let me know on Twitter or let me know. You know, I'm gonna get a phone number soon. I, I'm, this isn't live, so it doesn't matter. I my friend George Capablo from Backbone Networks. You've heard him on here before. Is, is getting hooking me up with a phone system. Um, damn, I'm, that pisses me off. God, uh, I don't even mean to tell you about that, but I just I just got angry again. I've just been the the, the yeah. Maybe I should stop saying MF about the dogs, but I, I they make me angry quickly, and it's hard to contain. I need to work on that. I wonder if it's uh, if caught on tape actually. <laughs> okay, so here's my conundrum. Before I let you go, okay. Oh, hi Sally. Hi. How are you? I was just telling people about the people who pulled over. They were worried about you. Should I be mad at them for assuming that I was a kidnapper? No. No? You think that they were just being nice? Probably. Okay. I'm going to be mad at them. All right. I'll see you in a bit. See you in a bit. Here's my conundrum, and I can't let anybody hear this. This is just between you and I, you and the listener. Now, my wife does listen to this podcast, so Alice, I'm going to need you to prove that you trust me and that you are faithful. And it has, says obey in the vows. It says obey. So, Alice, I need you to stop listening from this point forward and have enough love and respect for me to promise that you've stopped listening from this point forward. So you need to put your stuff away. Uh, take the, the podcast off, please, and delete, delete it from here this moment forward because this is something between me and the listeners, this is not something for you or the children to digest. Thank you. I'll give you a moment.
They're getting what was coming to them. I know, Seth. All right, so here we go. This is my conundrum. We have, in our house, the downstairs bathroom broke. Now, you're, I've been kvetching about this for months and months, but we've had so much work done in our house. It's cost a lot of money. It's credit card debt and all that stuff. And so the downstairs bathroom broke. It broke in the sense that, well, there was something clogged in it. This, my wife eventually like turned the water off, removed the toilet, used a snake thing, and removed the clog thing. So we thought it was totally fixed. And it seemed to be totally fixed there for a bit. And so she... Um, she, um, she, it's, she had fixed it, but then it still didn't really work. It still, it still wouldn't flush right. And it still doesn't now, it doesn't flush right. And there's two bathrooms in this house. One is downstairs on the first floor. That's my bathroom. That's where I shower. I keep my stuff. And I, that, that toilet is like, it's, it's made for like, uh, like six full-size adults could probably sit on it at the same time. It's a huge toilet with a lot of water. It's a guy's would like this toilet. It's the toilet to go to. It's the go-to. It's excellent. The bathroom is uh, nice and neat. There's a stand-up shower in there that I enjoy. It's my little piece of heaven. Now, unfortunately, it has historically now been my bathroom and my wife's bathroom and I've got four, well, three ki- three kids who use it, and then the neighbor's kids use it. And so, so that my bathroom, my little piece of of, of solace um, is always overrun with human beings. Always overrun with human beings. And right when I really need to get there to, you know, there's always somebody in there. The, he had, the door doesn't move, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. And i got to go up and use upstairs bathroom. The upstairs bathroom has a toilet that's about made for somebody the size of a guinea pig it's tiny it is way too tiny for me it is ridiculous it's, it's, it's like a play school size toilet it's an idiot in the upstairs bathroom also doesn't have it's, it's got the kid stuff all over it and it's been it's all it's all kidified and the the hot water takes a while to turn on in the sink in the sink it's just a it's a loser it's it's good look it's a good looking bathroom up there but downstairs that's mine okay but unfortunately, you know, it's under siege and its uh, occupied forces are always in there. And t- except for in the last month, of course, because, like I said, something happened with the toilet and now the bathroom effectively doesn't work. It only works for like liquids, we'll say. And even not so, not so well. It just doesn't flush very well. So we really have been, for the last month, pushing people to just go upstairs. Just go upstairs. Just go upstairs. And so we all use the upstairs bathroom. It's terrible. It's a terrible term. So today I'm I go to use the upstairs bathroom, the working bathroom, and it's occupied. So I'm like, oh god. And this is a you know I had to, I had to use the bathroom. I'm just uh, you know I'm not going to be crude about it. So I use the downstairs bathroom regardless. I mean the, it doesn't work properly. But I'm like, all right, if I have to plunge or whatever, I'm, whatever happens, it's fine. I don't mean to be this disgusting, by the way. And also, I didn't mean to have a cold last night and then complain about the cold. I hate it when people in broadcast complain about having colds or being tired. It's like, shut up. You know, everybody's tired or has colds. Shut up. And you're also telling them, like, you're not going to get a great show because I'm a little off my game. Stop it. So anyway, so I get out and I use the downstairs, the out-of-order bathroom. And as I'm flushing it or trying to flush it, 
I did something a little different in my flushing technique. I don't want to say what this is just in case my kids or somebody gets their hands on this. I found a I found a technique and the toilet works. Flushes beautifully. Perfectly. Perfectly. It just takes it's a different technique of flushing. But man, the water went down, and then the water came right back up where it was supposed to, ready. This operation, as as Palpatine would say in the, uh, in um, was it Empire Strikes Back? It was fully operational. Yes, the Death Star of this bathroom was fully operational. And so my conundrum is this: Do I tell anybody? Because right now, nobody nobody even thinks about using it. It's out of order as far as they know. But now it's all mine. I'd never have to worry about the, another kid being in there. Or my wife or anybody. Nobody would ever know. It'd be a secret, private room. As far as they know, it's been mothballed. I mean, right now, it's so wonderful. Everybody else uses the other bathroom. One bathroom. I could go in and out as I choose with impunity. I realize that that is extremely shallow and selfish. And that a man, a 47-year-old father and husband, should be better than this. I realize that. I am not better than this. I am so tempted to never tell any of these people. That I've got this wonderful prize. It's like the the ring in the Hobbit. I have the precious. I don't want to share the precious. This is a beautiful day. Ugh. So I've told you that's my conundrum. I'm not going to tell them at least for tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, celebrate and enjoy my cl- private uh, bathroom. And I'll think about it. You can uh, send me an email at uh, send me an email at G, uh, Winchester at gmail.com. You can text me. Uh, text me. Yeah, six one seven. You can um, uh, get me. DM me on Twitter. As I'm at Tom Shattuck. There's a little thing to send me an email to on TomShattuck.com. Follow me on Instagram. That's uh, Calvin Caspian. Thanks for hanging out. See y'all. I really appreciate all the uh, subscriptions and the reviews and all that. That's awesome. Thanks so much. C'est la vie My brother's coming um, Who's this? Um, hey, was that you who just texted? No, is there somebody else on the text too? I wasn't No, it, it looks different. Who else is on the text? Okay, it's not. Okay. Yeah, come on up. No. Oh, yeah, hopefully it's not. Yeah, come on up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.